Welcome to Look Behind the Look, the new podcast that examines iconic looks in film, television, music, and fashion history. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I hope all is great in your worlds. All's pretty great here in Brooklyn. I got to head to Mexico for some vitamin D with the family, which was super necessary. Hadn't taken a vacation forever, like three years. And awards season has officially begun. The SAG Awards did not disappoint, with CODA making some history and earning its much-deserved awards. But there wasn't really a lot of fashion to look at. Um, I did particularly like Carrie Washington's dress. What did you guys think of the fashion? Anything you particularly love? Let me know. This week, I'm talking to Amy Mellon, and Amy is a part of the Jane Iredale team. You guys all know Jane Iredale, right? She's the Director of Artistry and Education, and she has over 15 years of experience in beauty. And as a makeup artist, oncology certified esthetician, educator, and leader, she's worked closely with top spas, medical spas, dermatologists, plastic surgeons in her role. She had a role as the Director of Education for Osmosis Pure Medical Skin Care, and was the former National Makeup Artist and Skincare Educator for Glow Professional. Amy believes that cosmetics can be transformative, and that by focusing on treating the skin and body holistically, clean beauty can truly change the world. At Iredale, Amy oversees all the education and artistry team's programs. We're going to talk to her about what exactly clean beauty is and what it isn't, and you're going to learn everything you need to know about Jane Iredale herself and the line, which was one of the very first on the clean beauty scene a quarter of a century ago. So enjoy this conversation with Amy Mallon and me. I am with Amy Mellon and we are going to be talking about everything today. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever seen the show, but I just want to know everything about you. I usually just do a deep dive into your career and what brought you to makeup artistry. I've, I heard your story at the Jane Iredell event and I think, uh, I think that was in December, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. feels like it was so soon ago, but it was a while ago. Yeah, it was. I know. I know. We we're not doing much nowadays. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I know. When we have an event, it's like, oh my god, it felt like yes, that was the event. That was a great event, by the way. It was amazing. I got to see the mm-hmm. line, um, all the new things that you had out, and I, I love the line. I want you to tell me a little bit about the line too, for people who don't know about it, which is probably like two people because it's such a you know, <laughs> a household name and tell me what you, what your position is at the line, um, and what you do for the company first. Let's start there. Okay. We'll start there. I'm by the way, I'm getting super cozy. I'm very oh! that you're having me, Tiffany. I always have my blankie. I have my little mug of tea. So we're ready to gab. That is not (laughs) a little mug. I'm really, really excited about that mug because that looks like I have, I have two of those every morning, like that size. You gotta, you gotta, we can get into mom life later, but we'll start start with makeup now. So (laughs) I, um, yeah, I'm Amy Mallon. I, um, I'm the director of artistry and education for Jane Iredale. I, um, I oversee essentially all of our artistry and our education programming. So at Iredale, we have, we have kind of two different, 
um, teams, the one that does more like freelance artistry and then the other one that's our internal education team. So, okay. Um, we're very busy. Okay. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about Jane Iredell herself, because many might not know of the kids coming up. I, of course, am an old lady and know all about her. And I want to know, I want everyone to know about how great she is. So Jean, she was just a trailblazer in beauty. And if you don't know her name, I encourage you to Google her immediately because she truly pioneered clean beauty as a whole. Um, the line started about 27 years ago. Can you imagine 27 years ago, right? We're talking a time when no one knew what clean beauty was. No one cared about ingredients. We were all using carcinogenic everything on our bodies, mm -hmm. truthfully. Um, and there just wasn't a lot of discussion or regulation around. I mean, we're still fighting that battle, right? But at the time, um, Jane was working in the entertainment industry. She was working with a lot of actors and actresses um, as a casting director. That's and, right. Yeah. She a whole nother life. That's right. Yes. A whole nother world. She had, she migrated from, um, from England and um, came over to the U S and what she found was that these actors and actresses were really struggling with their skin and it was affecting their performance because um, they either were having tons of occlusive product applied or, um, you know, they were using other things to cover up issues that they already were having and that it was making their skin worse. And so she knew there had to be a better option out there and formulated um, what we now call our amazing base. And the reason that it's called that is because for every skin that it's applied to, um, people were looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, oh my gosh, my skin looks amazing. And now the line has grown um, to hundreds of SKUs. We are a worldwide brand. We are in retail spaces. We're in the professional market and um, we're really just taking over. And especially right now, I know you mentioned this, Tiffany, but we are going through an evolution. <laughs> we're going, we are, um, we're moving into new packaging, new messaging, new branding. It's just, it's a really fun, fresh time to be a part of the line. And um, we're taking just these beautiful products, which we on the digital front, I found out recently, we have about a 40% retention rate of our customers, meaning that- That come back in order- that come back and reorder, which is really high for the industry. And I'm not surprised because people yeah. kind of land on our products and it's like, that's it. Cause we're the perfect combination. Not that I, <laughs> I'm a little biased. I know, but I mean, your, um, your skin though is I've seen it in person and even looking at it now, it's flawless. It's ridiculous. So I think you're a great endorsement for or example for how if something is working for your skin, because you would never let something mess with that face. That is the perfect texture, complexion. Oh, I mean, so I yeah, feel I yeah. I feel like it's nice and reflective and it's, you know, it's it, it doesn't mat you. It, it's, it's really, it's a performative makeup, you know? Yeah. And makeup artists love our line. So we're kind of, the great thing is that we're kind of the 
perfect combination of like skin loving skincare yeah. ingredients. We're known as the skincare makeup, but we're also very performance based. So, um, it shows up well under HD photography yeah. and it doesn't move. I mean, we've all heard of these, we all know of these makeup lines that are kind of like coconut oil and color, you know, yes. that are beautiful once applied, but they don't tend to last very long on skin and ours That's really right. holds up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so performance skin loving. And then, you know, of course, um, the clean aspect is kind of like our trifecta. I am obsessed with the hydrating mist, you know, how we have to wear masks and everything. So I'm always afraid to like spray my face because it'll make me break out. This does not make me break out at all. It does not give me any mask me and also, and also like feels amazing. And I, my skin feels so hydrated. I love it. I, love I gotta it. say, you know, in the ma- the mask thing has been a huge shakeup for us. In right. I, how has that affected you guys? So it's really, um, I wouldn't say it's benefited us, but it's, it's <laughs> I love how honest you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. Some of like, <laughs> yeah, some of the way that we position things. Like, first of all, uh, we're the skincare makeup, right? So yes. we are that makeup line that's good for people who are getting that irritation and those breakouts from masks. Um, but also like we have done a couple of really bold things during this time. We, <laughs> we launched a couple of lip products during COVID, which, you know, was kind of unheard of, right? Because people are yes. applying their lip product and then they have to put a mask on yes. afterwards. So it was kind of like, is this a good idea? But one of them are lip fixations, um, is actually like a stain and it's a liquid lipstick that dries down. Um, and they have just been, I yeah. mean, we've blown. I tried them. Love them. Yeah. The and red your experience. The red was incredible and it wore all day and did not budge. And I, I really am telling the truth. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But they and typically not- you're eating all kinds of, you know, toxic ingredients when you use those types of products. So tell me about that. How does that work? How, how is that not, how is that clean beauty? It's a natural formula. We found ways of using natural dyes that, you know, dry down and really don't move. And, you know, we use iron oxides as our colorants and it's magic. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good magic wand. Absolutely. Exactly. (laughs) But talking about clean beauty, um, that is a big subject. Do you know anything about greenwashing or I didn't prepare you about greenwashing, but I wondered how you feel about all that. And if you had anything to say about that. I do. I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. So for people who might not know, greenwashing is sort of, uh, making claims and, and I mean, simply put, um, making the things that might be at Sephora with the little, um, leaves on them and yeah. Yeah. The hard part, I know we talked about this earlier, but the hard part about clean beauty is that there's not a lot of regulation around, uh-huh, clean, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's not a like the word natural, for example, there's not a lot of clout behind that. Mm-hmm. There's no regulation around natural. And that's something that we in the industry are actively trying to change. But, um, you know, for the time being, it's like, there's so many different levels of clean. Um, and so when you're working with a brand, it's, and when you're, when you're a consumer, when you're buying makeup products, Mm -hmm. it's really important to do your research or listen to someone who you trust that does the research like you, for example. Um, and who knows, you know, cause the average consumer doesn't have time or doesn't know how to read it to know the difference. So, um, you know, we really stand behind everything that we do. One thing that makes 
uh, Jane, such a beautiful brand is um, the amount of testing that we do mm. is crazy, Tiffany. Um, so when you're creating a makeup line, there are certain mandatory tests that you have to do. You have to test for stability, which is kind of a cool test on its own. They heat up and they cool the product and they make sure that it transfers and nothing happens. Um, you test, um, you know, for you do SPF testing. If you have SPF products, you have to test for SPF. Um, we go above and beyond. Um, and that's something that Jane's always done. We test for heavy metals in the product. We test for comedogenicity to make sure that it's not going to clog your pores for phototoxicity to see how it stands up under UV light. So, um, you know, I think it's really important not only to, to research the products that you're using, but the organization as a whole, you know, like yes. what is the brand you're choosing to stand yes. for? It's like mm -hmm. anything else, you know, and, and, um, I always feel like someone has to earn my trust, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the brands that I choose to use and, and, you know, we're really no different. Oh, that's so, I really appreciate you explaining all that. Thank you so much. And then your role in the company is to educate the people that come into the company, the makeup artists is that you have to, do you get to travel? Do you go to different locate? I mean, not now, I guess, but <laughs> well, well, even now, I mean, we're starting to again. Um, yeah, that, so I do, I travel and educate. I go to trade shows. I do events. Um, I, I, we spent, we call our, our clients, our partners. So I go to like our professional partners and work with them, um, with our retail partners. And then I also train our internal team as well. So lots of talking about products. Life could be worse. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I, that's a lot of people's dream job for sure. And you do it so well. Yes. And you get to apply. I mean, you still get to do the makeup. Some people who get in these positions, they don't get to, you know, do the makeup and, you know, you, I know. Well, and that's really been a challenge during, you know, the COVID time. I certainly sure. haven't gotten my hands on people as frequently as I used to. Um, so you start kind of like tackling yep. family members and, you know, <laughs> you know, anybody that you can get your hands on. <laughs> um, but I have to say, I mean, I've, so I've been in beauty for over 15 years now. And I think this is like the longest that I've been away from working on. Right. So it's kind of a, it's a crazy time for sure. That's going to change soon. It just has to, we're all sick of it, right? We're just going to bust down the doors and open up our kits. The, um, <laughs> the, um, at, at the event, I feel like, did I remember you saying you were an esthetician? That was your background. I am. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's why the, yeah, great, I guess we yeah. didn't really start at the beginning. No, so. I, I purposely wanted to start <laughs> with Jane and really let people know about the line and Jane herself. And now I definitely want to dive into who you are, Amy, and how you got here. Oh, that's a deep subject. <gasps> good, I'm just good, kidding. Good, good. Uh, so, um, oh man, well, I, so my love of beauty began, and I think this is really the case with a lot of people, um, as a young girl, my grandmother, and I think it's, it's definitely like a heritage thing, this, the beauty bug. Um, but my grandmother was an old Hollywood movie actress. And, Stop it! Yeah. And one <gasps> of the most glamorous people I have ever seen, she lived in Los Angeles. And, um, I remember being this teeny tiny little girl. I couldn't even see over the counter in the bathroom and I would be in her makeup drawer 
digging and seeing what she had. And of course, like every grandmother, or maybe it was just my grandmother, she had these like bright aqua shadows and these coral (laughs) melon lipsticks and like this bright blue eyeshadow and these bright, you know, pink blushes. And she was not afraid of color. She wore them Mm. on a daily basis. And what, what decade would this be that she was wearing all this color? Probably like 60. Yeah. 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 I can see it. I can see it. I have strong visual now. Yes. Oh yes. She, um, she had this like red hair. She dyed her hair until she passed away. She was like in her nineties, still dyeing her hair bright red. Um, and the funniest person. So was your grandma Lucille ball? You can tell me it's okay. (laughs) You may as well have been. She looked a lot like her. She, um, she sounds, but she was friends with like Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. So she was like, like, in that culture. And, um, one of the funniest people I've ever met. So grandma Ruth, I'll give you a grandma Ruth ism so you can wrap your head around. Thank you. Um, she used to say, why does it take a woman so long to get dressed? Because she has to go slow around the curves. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Grandma Ruth is incredible. <gasps> she was sexy and full of life. And this all, you're seeing this all firsthand. Yes. That's and wonderful. so I'm obsessed, right? And I want to be her when I grow up. Of and course. So, um, that really is when the beauty bug hit. So between that and then this like love of ingredients, I've always been obsessed oh, really? with science. Oh, I wow. Love, I love, love, love ingredients. Um. And so I was like, I love beauty. I have to be a part of this world. Mm. Um, And so then uh, little Amy goes, you know, to high school, I go to college and my parents are like, oh no, no, Amy, like you made me an artist, but there's no way in hell that you are going to make a living at this. Mm -mm. You can't sustain yourself with Mm -mm. this. It's impossible. Um, You know, find a stable career get your degree. And so, um, and where did you grow up? I grew up, um, like halfway in California and then halfway in Colorado. I live in Denver. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, I went to college, I got my degree. I kind of had a, a couple of tracks that I was considering. Okay. I have always loved, like the reason that I think I'm so connected to beauty is this idea of altruism. What we do as makeup artists is so altruistic. We want to help people. We want them to feel their best. Yes. We want them to look amazing and we seek perfection in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was like, okay, well, if I can't do beauty, then, you know, maybe I should do, um, I should work in nonprofit. So uh, my plan was to be an executive director of a nonprofit. I was doing like fundraising at the time and still doing makeup artistry on the side. Um, but then one day I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to make my hobby, my job. And so I went to aesthetic school and I started working in and out of the treatment room in different facilities. It was like medical facilities and salon spas, just trying to figure out where it made sense for me to work. Um, and I always really loved the, the holistic side of things more. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm really good at sales. So I joined the vendor <laughs> side of things. 
And um, I ended up um, working for a brand, um, for a competitive makeup brand. Mm -hmm. And um, I was their national makeup artist and educator for a number of years. And then um, swapped to a different makeup and skincare line. And I was their director of education. And then I was a director of communication and education for a different line. And then I found Jane and Jane really is the original. And I, I worked for some copycat lines and mm-hmm. they just didn't hold a candle to, you know, what we have to offer as, as far as. And what's different about Jane? What did you find the sincerity or the overall yeah, message? You know, the heartbeat of the brand the is the so brand. there with her vision. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a big part of it is that in education, um, our main job is to evangelize the vision of the brand. We are, right. We're the people out there telling the story. We are getting people excited about the product. And if you have an exciting story, it makes it all that much more fun. Um and easier, right? Yes. Otherwise you have to come up with your own story. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then I think the quality of the product, you know, I, I mentioned um the, the loyalty that we have with our customer base, mm-hmm. the quality of the product really contributes to that. It just is, it's unsurpassed by anything else. Yeah. The powders are incredible. They really are. And they, they, once you find the one, once the, once you find, I, I remember somebody saying when I worked for a company that if you can match the foundation to the person, you will always have them as a customer. And, you know, I feel like I've, I've used the powders as a foundation before I have it on now, but it, you know, I think that's another commitment that customers make. Her skin looks stunning also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, you know, skin, what are some of your tips, your favorite tips for skin? Because skin is kicking my butt in this new age range. I've gone to another box that you check, you know, when you check the age groups, I went to the next box and I've noticed this hormonal acne problem. And I'm like, wait, I thought these days were over. Do you have any tips for skin that you can share with us? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even think we talked about that, but I'm, I've also, so I I am an esthetician. I'm oncology certified. So I've been, Oh, yay. Yeah. So I've not only worked in and out of the treatment room, but I've worked with, um, you know, cancer patients and people undergoing some significant changes. So incredible. Although I have to say, you know, aging really is the ultimate change to your skin. Um, firsthand every day as well. You know, I think we all kind of look in the mirror one day and we're like, Whoa, what happened here? It's true. It, it happens one day. It just happens in like all of us or a picture that you see and you're like, Jesus, I, I see the age now, you know, it happened. You're like, aging isn't supposed to happen to me. That happens to other people. Oh, other people I'm supposed <laughs> to have all the secrets. Um, so as far as tips, okay. So firstly, I know that it sounds cliche, but I truly believe in beauty from the inside out. Um, you know, I think that with some of this adult and hormonal acne, it really is just about getting that balance on the mm, inside. Yeah. Um, so, you know, finding supplements with ingredients like dim, diendol, methane is huge because it helps to detoxify um, any excess hormones in your body. Tell me and the name of it again. Diendol methane, okay. dim, <laughs> just dim. ask for dim, D-I-M, dim, much easier. Well, I've taken um, uh, Jane Ardell vitamins before. Do you, yeah. do you, 
We oh, have like a packet. So skin Acumax. Amazing. Are, yes, yes. Um, that hydration. Hydration is really key. You know, I know I don't drink enough water every no. day. And, you know, none of us do because mm. we don't have time. But um, the truth is that when you do, you see a huge impact in your skin, mm. um, getting the blood flow moving in your body. So either if you do that by exercising or, um, you know, taking that in conjunction with something like a niacin supplement where you're niacin. really getting the, the blood pumping. Yeah. Be careful with it though. Okay. Too much can be a little, okay. Um, a little too much. Um, but yeah, all of those things will really help to get your circulation flowing. And a lot of what we experience is just stagnation. And that's what a lot of like mm. lines are is just, you know, that we're not getting, um, the nutrients moving in I our body. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's so true. Stagnation. That's yeah. interesting. And then, you know, of course the food that we eat mm-hmm. and, um, that is, that's a really challenging subject right now because, uh, you know, unfortunately it's difficult to find food that has the same nutrient content that we used to have even 10 years ago, like farming and, you know, different resources that we have for crops. They're just not supplying the nutrients that they used to. And so taking supplements to assist with that is really key, but also paying attention to what you're eating. Like For example, there are a lot of um, preserved foods that have um, plasticizers in them or estrogenic toxins. Of course. um, So yeah, just really taking all of that into consideration. I'm just curious. Do you eat meat? I'm not judging if you do, but do you eat meat? I do. You do? do And so what do you- I don't eat a lot of meat. Uh Uh-huh. I I don't eat meat, but um, it makes life difficult, honestly, not eating the meat. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah, I can only that. I mean, it really does because I, I cannot get the protein unless I'm just eating salmon and turning into, I, I definitely have mercury, like coming out of my eyeball. Mercury retrograde probably means nothing to me. Cause I am mercury. <laughs> I eat so much salmon you to try to keep mercury my... retrograde. <laughs> Great. On your I'm just like, it's me walking backwards, basically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't like, I don't love meat. My reasons are not, um, necessarily, um, you know, like emotion based. Oh yeah. Me neither. I've, yeah. I've, I just have never liked the taste of meat. Mm-hmm. Me um, too. That's my problem. I don't like the texture or the, um, the taste no. of it. Yeah. But I also eat a lot of fish. So you and I are, can mercury retrograde. Yes. I know it's terrible, but it's the easiest way to get the protein. It, yeah, it is. It is. And, um, it, I know it's, it's so challenging to sustain yourself without it, but, um, I gotta say, even though I don't really eat meat, there are times when I'm like, okay, I'm very iron deficient. I can mm-hmm. feel it. And you I can. want like a burger <laughs> That's th- that I do feel like that too. And then I don't know where to turn. And would you say that people should be taking iron supplements or is that too much? I mean, I always think I'm lacking iron, but you really have to get blood work for that. Yeah. Okay. Get a blood test. Mm -hmm. And you know, the funny thing is that after my last pregnancy, I was anemic and that issue like went away. Did it really? With pregnancy. I don't know why, but all of a sudden it was like, because now your baby is Iron Man. You (laughs) Iron Man is the baby. (laughs) You can tell me. Great had Iron Man. (laughs) 
and your mom, your grandma was Lucille Ball. This is all coming together now, Amy. <laughs> it all makes so much sense. <laughs> I won't share, tell your secret to anybody. So do you have two children? I do. I, I do. thought you only I had one. Know. When did this happen? So well, when in the timeline? Well, did- I did. I did only have one. Um, I have, I have a, a one-year-old and a two and a half year old. My one-year-old just turned one actually two weeks ago. So two under two, they always say that I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't know how you showed up for this with two under two. I don't know how you look this good. And I don't know how you're speaking right now. How do you do it? Thank you. I don't either. I don't know. <laughs> it's no, that big, think, big mug, that big mug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of the caffeine. Thank you. Green tea. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, um, there's no secret, you know, I think that our lives are all a mess and especially right now with COVID and, um, you know, we are, we're all just doing the best we can. And the unfortunate thing is that this time in your life, when, um, you're building your career and you're building your empire and you're growing yourself and you're learning who you are is also, it also coincides with your, um, with your child rearing years. So Mm -hmm. you, you have no choice, but to kind of do everything at the same time. And I was kind of an older mother and, um, you know, to some standards, I I guess, I mean, really, I mean, (laughs) Janet was 50. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Wow. More power to her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll, we'll sleep one day. I, I don't. <laughs> well, you seem to be doing excellent for getting such little sleep. I mean, you really are balancing it all. Do you, do you think think it will get easier when things come back or is it easy? Is it sort of a blessing now that you've sort of been able to work from home so much? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think to some extent we were like in the perfect space during the lockdown because I only had one baby at the time and he wasn't quite old enough to, um, need homeschooling, um, more power to all of you moms and dads who are out there who are working at the same time as homeschooling your kids. I don't even know how you did it. We're all going to have like, we're all going to have a wrap session after yeah, this. Yes. That's yes. how we made it through this time. But, um, you know, having a baby during a pandemic is like, it's not oh ideal. God. I don't recommend it. Um, but, uh, Were you ever scared? Oh yeah, definitely. There were a lot of, especially during the beginning when we didn't really know anything about the virus. So were were you pregnant in March, 2020? I got pregnant right after. Okay. Well, that must've been really scary. Yeah, it was, it was terrifying and, um, (laughs) yeah, no big deal. It's terrifying. Yeah. I just, I really didn't leave the house. I kind of, I was like mm-hmm. stuck in my basement. My mm-hmm. husband would like bring me food. I wouldn't go outside. He mm-hmm. would bring everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my life was on zoom, like so many of us for so long. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad that time is over. And then, you know, when you deliver during the pandemic, like I, we delivered wearing a mask and my husband couldn't go to any appointments. With uh, me, but could he be yeah. in the room when you delivered? Yes. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think just 
yes, to your point, having this time at home with our families yeah. to really better connect. I mean, my husband is my coworker. He works down the hall. Um, and, yep. uh, you know, the, the kids are back in school now, but, um, have been home a lot. Um, which has <laughs> been, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun I, and I'm good. It goes by so fast. I got to say that first year was just like, I can imagine. And I can even see you kind of remembering now. And I can see you being like, wait a minute. It was really scary, you know, and sort of when you're powering through something like that, you just power through. I mean, I haven't let myself reflect on that first year, that 2020 thing. I'm just like burying it for a while. And I'm sure when all of our kids are in therapy, the therapists are all going to like be experts at the same problem of like, you know, mommy cry. (laughs) At least for, well, and this is a topic for a different time, but you know, I think the way it impacted all of us has been so different. Like Mm. you being in New York versus, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I also having little tiny kids who are just learning how to talk, like all of my friends with kids the same age, they're all in occupational therapy or physical therapy, like Mm -hmm. speech therapy, because, you know, they just didn't have that, Mm -hmm. the same interaction that they would have normally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's the, there's always the one who's like, it was the time of our lives. We got to do all the things together. We live in a cul-de-sac on the, you know, and you're like, Okay, totally different experience. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I'm a pretty positive person. Yeah. Um, and I do think that there were positives during that time. But Absolutely. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's been, it's definitely been a challenge for everybody. Yes. Yeah. How do you and- see, how do you see COVID affecting the industry from your point of view? Have you seen, or do you think it'll be, I know they said this year would be the roaring twenties, but like, we're still like having our masks half the time. So we can't really commit to that lipstick, but like we, <laughs> we are anyway, just to be like middle finger, but you know, what do you see happening in the future, in the near future with beauty? It's so funny that you bring that up because I remember when we were launching the, the, um, the, the lip, lip stain. Boss, yeah. I was like, we're going to have lip liberation parties. It's going to be like That's such a good idea. Everybody's lips everywhere. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can do that soon. Um, you know, I think as far as beauty goes, the way that people buy beauty and the way that people interact with beauty professionals is very different. Oh, and, of course. You know, I think when it comes to like professional makeup artists Mm -hmm. and depending on what facet of the industry you're working in, if you're working on celebrity clientele or, you know, shoots or, um, runway shows like that, that all has, I think that's all kind of coming back to a more more normal place. Mm -hmm. Um, during this time, there was definitely like this shutdown period, but even when it comes to like stocking your kit and the products to have on hand and sanitization procedures, like those are all things that we talk about constantly now. Mm -hmm. Um, how do I clean my makeup? How do I know my makeup is clean? How do I know if somebody's applying my makeup, it's clean. And you know, how do I, um, ensure that this product I'm using is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I think the, the narrative really shifted as far as purchase patterns to digital a lot more than it had been previously. Um, but I think people now are like, 
I really just want that in-person experience. Yeah. I want to get this product on my skin. Like I, I want to try it out. Like I want to know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning how to do that digitally was like a really big, how do you do it? How do you match a foundation? Well, so we, we have a foundation finder Uh on our website Okay, and it's basically like an in-depth quiz that helps you get to the right product Mm -hmm. for you. Um, it's actually really effective. So that, that was a big savior for us during this time. Um, we also have virtual try on, on our website, which is very cool. So you can actually go on and, you know, upload a picture of yourself or take a live shot and then, um, try on different products on your skin. Perfect. Which is really, really cool. And I think a lot of people are going more that direction. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything is really going to ever stop that in-person interaction in it. It might just be the esthetician in me, but I think that everybody's just kind of touch hungry, you know, and we want to hug each other. We want to feel brushes in our face and, Mm -hmm. you know, feel pampered and massaged. And so Mm -hmm. that's my hope for the the roaring twenties next year. Yes. Yes. Mine too. Embrace and, you know, really just have that touch that we've been missing out on. Yes, I can see it. I have it in my, do I, you put it in your third eye, right? And then it comes to, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So what, what if somebody wanted to go the route that you did, and I'm, I'm saying like work with a company and get to the level that you're at and sort of, you know, be a boss, what be somebody who travels with the company and and be an educator, what, what are some, what's some advice you would give to that artist? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that I'm a boss. Yes, Uh, (laughs) of course. I think um, just persistence and knowledge. You know, I think what I find now is that there are a lot of people who um, want things to come easily to them. And it doesn't always work that way. You've got to, you got to put the effort in. You need to learn as much as you can. Like we're living in a crazy time where makeup artists are a dime a dozen. And the term makeup artist is, is kind of flexible, flexible, flexible with influencer. Like there's a lot of lines that are being blurred and, Mm -hmm. um, And things are really shifting there too. You know, you can get exposure in new and different ways, but the most important thing is persistence and then also having a goal in mind. Mm. So you can't get where you want to go if you don't know where you're going. Right. Um, And so having that like specific idea in mind of like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then having informational interviews with people who are in those roles Mm -hmm. or, you know, who can help you get there is also really important because they'll help you know what skills and what knowledge you need to get to the next level. And, you know, I think to some extent, the beginning stages of any career are not always pretty. You got to put the grunt work in. You have to do things you don't want to do, you know, and Like for me, for example, I was on the road like 90% of the time in a previous Mm -hmm. role and, um, you know, just working with different people every day. And I think, um, you know, when it comes to makeup, like getting your hands on as many people as possible. Yes. 
is so important. And that can even mean working at a retail counter so that, yes. you know, you're really interacting with a different demographic and different populations of people and learning color theory and what works and what doesn't and um, really honing in on your touch. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, working with other artists, you know, getting your makeup done. What does it feel like to get your makeup done? What do you like? What do you not like? What would somebody you're working with like? And then taking things really to the next level. You know, I remember at the event where I met you, Tiffany, that um, Min and one of the um, the mm-hmm. other artists that we were working with, you know, she was giving a tip about using Q-tips in the water line. Um, and yes, I remember that tip. What yeah. did she say? She puts the color right on there and then puts it, puts it in. Yeah. yeah she uses eye, eye drops um, mm-hmm. to clean up the area. That's but right. I that's right. Going above and beyond. I remember when I was working, you know, doing bridal makeup and I would have like safety pins in my kit and nail polish and, you know, like things that you wouldn't ever need as a makeup artist, but you would right. definitely need need. (laughs) You just learn it on the go. And you can only learn that with experience when it's needed and you didn't have it. Yeah. (laughs) And then that'll never happen again as a resource, right? right? Like, thank God that makeup artist was there or, you know, my dress would have popped open on my wedding day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. You want to be the problem solver and the one that made the day better. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's really interesting because I noticed, and I'm, I, I, I kind of, I, you know, I noticed, um, this post yesterday where yes, it said the headline was, I hate my job. I'm two weeks in and I hate my job. Um, can I quit and still keep it on my resume? Um, and then there was all these um, in the comments, I was just getting I, crazy. You know what I mean? Like looking at the comments and it's all these people say, you go, you quit. Life's too short. Blah, 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 blah. And I just wanted to scream, but I felt like the old lady in the attic, like, what could you be learning about what you hate? You know what I mean? Like, how could you turn this around? Because not quitting sometimes is the best training ever. And like, I know that you shouldn't stay anywhere that's unhealthy, but if it's just kind of like an annoying situation, (laughs) you know, I think that those experiences, if you let them, you know, sort of, if you really self-reflect and go, wow, what did I truly not like about this? And why couldn't I make it better? You know what I mean? And really learn your lessons. I, I, I can't see how two weeks is enough time to really understand why you were there. Yeah. And what made you take the job in the first place? You know, I, I, think I, that's I typed like... that in the comments. <laughs> I said, didn't you know the job that you were Great applying for? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest lesson overall in this, right? It's like, do your due diligence, do your research and make sure that you're choosing to work in an environment that's, that's healthy and beneficial yes. for you yes. um, before you commit to something. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think people want to like, it's like a buffet and they just take a taste and they take a taste and then they leave and they ghost it. And, you know, then it, how can that be good for your self-esteem to just keep quitting? You know, it, it, it must pick away at you, but I, I agree too with, um, the counter being the best trainer ever, because I mean, living in New York, you would, you just get, I mean, one time somebody threw a Kleenex box at, at one of the girls behind the counter. You know, you. Like, 
<laughs> you see it all and it's the best training ever. You get oh my the thickest skin Unrelated in the note, I, I'll have to send you this video that I found yesterday. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who posted it, but it was like, this is a New York moment. And it was some guys like fighting and one of them threw the other guy in the subway and then like on the train tracks. And then he helped him back up. And they like made up and hugged. <laughs> He's like, oh, that went too far. That just went too far. That one's just like a metaphor for life. Totally. Like, okay, I lost it. I'm, I'm okay now. I, let's, let's figure this out. That's great. That's great. Oh. So when you talk about um, how, what do you tell the artists when you're training them? Like, what do you tell them? What's the most important thing that you want to convey to them? as you're training them? Oh, wow. That's a really big question. Um, (laughs) The most important message that I want to convey to them when I am training them, I think, um, I think it really, it all comes back to the difference that we make in people's lives. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think that it's, it's important to keep the user experience in mind, right? Keep your client's experience in mind. Um, and make sure that the experience is really all about them because um, it could be life changing. You know, yeah, how many yeah. of us have people who are fixated on helping us to look our best every day and like truly giving us that whatever, even if it's like a 15 minute consult where you're really just focusing on this person's aesthetic and getting them, you know, Mm -hmm. to the next level or or helping them, um, through so many different life events. I mean, as artists, we encounter people all the time when they're getting married or having babies or, you know, going through job interviews or, you know, big events or whatever the case may be, we get to be there for the most exciting times. And, um, being that source of calm and connection Mm -hmm. for people, really makes all the difference. And that's really what's going to get you rebooked. Yes. That's great advice. What is your very favorite thing that she, what was the most fulfilling that you've ever felt doing your job? I guess what, what was the most fulfilled you ever felt doing your job? The most fulfilled. Um, so I think Probably the time when I started working with oncology patients. I knew it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I went, I was with a different brand at the time, but one of our, um, our clients was this wig shop that also, you know, sold makeup. And um, there was one client in particular, I remember, and she had just gone through chemo treatments. She, um, had lost her eyelashes, her eyebrows, her hair, um, and her sense of self. I mean, she explained to me that, you know, like not only did she not know how to look like her anymore, she didn't feel like her and, um, you know, she didn't know how to fix it. Mm. Um, and I think when you're in moments like that, you just feel stuck and like, Mm -hmm. you can't get out. And so, um, watching the transformation of this woman, um, you know, showing her how to use an eye pencil to fill in her brows and, you know, liner to give some definition to her eyes and watching her put these wigs on. I mean, she was just like a, a different human. 
she was Mm. a completely different person. And, um, one of the things that she told me was like, and it comes back to touch, but, um, I always do kind of a a little bit of facial massage Mm -hmm. before I apply product. And, um, she was like, everyone has been afraid to touch me. Even my family members, you know, they don't, they feel like my cancer is something that they're going to contract. Um, and it just makes me feel like they don't want to be around me and no one's touched me in months. And so she just started crying and, um, there's a lot of stories like that. It's just, um, I can't even imagine what it would be like to go through something like that. But I think just having, having empathy for people who are going through hard times, whatever they are, is just, it's just so important. And the impact as artists that we make, I mean, it seems like, I I think a lot of people get into this industry because it seems so superficial, right? It's beauty, it's fun, fun. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, art, whatever. Um, but it's really so much more than that. And that, that moment that you have with your client, where you, where you help them on this journey to being that better version of themselves. Um, there's just nothing like it. I agree. I know it's, it, it bothers me so much when, and they don't know what they're doing, you know, when they belittle like, Oh, makeup. Oh, it's about makeup. And you know, I, I, you have a show about makeup and it's like, no, no, it's about so much more, you know, so much more or people who think that, you know, that's all there is in our brains. (laughs) If that's the industry that we're in, that we only are thinking about eyeliner. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Amy, this, this has been such an amazing discussion. Is there any, what, what have we not covered? Is there anything that you (laughs) wanted to tell me about that, that I haven't asked you? I loved our conversation. Well, I would love to know. I mean, I'm sure that your listeners know, but you know what, like, how did your journey bring you here, Tiffany? I know that you wear like 80 different hats, but Amy, that is so sweet of you to ask. Nobody's ever asked me. <laughs> I I started out as a makeup artist and then well, I went to school for musical theater. And okay. then um I started out as a makeup artist at behind the counter at Bloomingdale's 59th Street. And then uh, I met my husband doing his makeup and then we began making movies together. So this is just all an evolution. It's like a lizard that was like, you know, got its feet and walked on the beach. And then we started to make movies together. And then I said one day in like 2012, I want to say, I want to say, I want to make a documentary about Kevin O'Quan. And so we just started doing that. And I got obsessed with making the movie and it came out and that now that's what I want to do. And so in the meantime, during COVID, I, um, started this podcast and it's just been amazing. You know, it's just been having people in the industry who are, you know, I want people to know about them and I want, you know, their stories to be shared and I want people to learn from all their experiences. So it's been a really great thing lending itself to each other because, you know, I still get to talk about my favorite things and it helps me to stay in documentary land, you know, where we're just truth tellers and, 
the next um, documentary I have that I'm working on, I've been working on it for a long time, is about Dita Von Teese. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I like to rock a good Dita Von Teese look. Oh my God. I mean, this whole thing is so, it's so in that, I mean, you have to go to her performance and. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see it. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Me either. Let me tell you. <laughs> COVID has not been kind to, you know, she's always touring and always, you know, doing stuff. So all that was really hard to get, you know, with COVID get uh, documented. So we are restarting again. (laughs) Restart at the beginning. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah. And so, you know, filmmaking has become my passion, but not you know, for lot, you know, for lack of passion for makeup and fashion and all of those fabulous things. So it's been a really great opportunity to have the podcast. So cool. You're the coolest, Tiffany. I want to be you when I grow up. Oh, Amy, I want to be you. I, I want that. I'm going to go have my diet Coke now and, <laughs> and you're going to have your green tea and we're going to go to the second half because you know, as moms, you, there's no end of the day. You're just starting the second half, which begins at dinner time. <laughs> Precisely. And then the night shift starts after dinner. <laughs> yeah. The, the me time, the me time where you sit with toothpicks and your eyes open and, and you go, we're watching a show because we deserve it. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, Tiffany, I, so have you seen Euphoria? I know everybody's talking about it. The new HBO show. I have to admit something. I can't watch Euphoria. It's too triggering for me. (laughs) I mean, from a makeup perspective, it's really fun. Of course. Um, Of course. Watching it. I was watching it last night and I'm like, why? How can I raise children in this world? Oh, I, I went through all that. I went through all of that. I know it's good for the kids and I, I get it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But for me, I'm like in the fetal position watching it. I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't be like the cool kids. I got to say no. It's too true. Rock, rock yourself to sleep, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, I'm sure I will see you soon live and in person. And I will, um, I will talk to you. I will see you on Instagram. Tell everybody where you can, um, where they can find you on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my Instagram handle is very exciting. It's Amy Jane Iredale. (laughs) So please find me there. My first name is A-M-I. Um, thank you, mom and dad for that one. But yes, I would, I would, <laughs> I'd love to engage with you on social. Uh, I'd love to bump up my social. So give me a reason to. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. I love your posts. I have thank to say you're a joy to have in the feed. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, same to you. <laughs> Talk soon, Amy. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you learned a thing or two about clean beauty and what it is and what it isn't. It's a super fascinating world. And later in the season, I'm going to be talking to a lot of people about clean beauty. So stay tuned. Until then, go watch your movies, go watch your shows, go play with your makeup, and I will see you next week. Look Behind the Look is a Vinyl Foot production written by me, your host, Tiffany Bartok. Produced by Jace Bartok, edited by Nicole Tucker, with art designed by Kelly Riley. If you're interested in learning more, find our video version on the YouTube channel, Look Behind the Look Podcast. 
There you can see rare photos and clips from our guests. And please follow us on Twitter at LookBehindPod and Instagram at LookBehindTheLook. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends and spread the word. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for listening to Look Behind the Look.